Good morning, everyone, or good afternoon, or good night, wherever, <laughs> wherever you are, depending on what time of the day uh, you are on. And hi, Fabio. Welcome back. Thanks. So we're back with another, um, yet another episode of the uh, Security Bear podcast. I think this is the, should be the seventh one. Did I make a wrong title? I think so. No. Yeah. Anyway. Yes, yes, it could be. Yes, yes. Yeah, I think we can actually change it on the flying. Yep, so that, that should be enough. Okay, so uh, I'm sorry because I don't have uh, that much energy today, but I'll pretend that I have actually. <laughs> um, so uh, hi everyone again. Um, you are watching the uh, Security Bread po Podcast. I'm Giorgio. Today with me, uh, there's uh, Fabio Zambrino, uh, which I thank again for joining me um, for another chat. Hi, Fabio. Um, if this is the first time for you uh, to watch this uh, project of mine, uh, we're just you know um, collecting a bunch of security news from uh, the last week and uh, basically having a chat around them, trying to understand what are the uh, you know what are the meanings, what are the implications, and sharing some thoughts on a very chill discussion that we really hope. Uh, you know, uh, you can you can join us as well. We are currently live on Twitch. Hit the follow button if uh, you like the project. But this um, this and all of the other episodes uh, are also uploaded on uh, YouTube um, in a few days and on Spotify or any other um, podcast platform that you like. If you prefer to just listen to the audio, um, so that should I be would enough. Also add Giorgio, I would also yeah. add that you're publishing a lot on Instagram. So some reels are published on Instagram. You also have a page on Instagram. I don't know if TikTok is 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 also that um, active, but yes, on Instagram you publish a lot of stuff, and it's it's useful to have the these short reels to look and have some peels of the podcast. Okay, yeah, thank you. I, I'm you know it's actually like. A... Uh, I would say um, a hidden feature. <laughs> uh, no more I, hidden. Like, <laughs> like uh, it's not just Instagram. Actually, I'm trying to use as many social as possible. Uh, it's just you know uh, not the uh, probably the um, the core of the project. I'm trying to share as much thing as possible. Um, but you know whatever social you prefer, probably if you search security break, you will find us. So, you know, feel free to, to look for us. Let, let's see, let's say that this is kind of an awesome challenge, you know, look for us and try to find on which social. And whenever you spot is. us, just comment or something so that we know you find, you found us. Yeah. Yeah. We, we should like place a, a like a, a hashtag security back spotted or something. It could be interesting Nothing. as a challenge. <laughs> Yeah, actually, thank you for, for mentioning that. Uh, you know, again, whatever uh, social or platform you prefer, search for us and we should be there. Uh, but, you know, the, uh, the bad thing happens here. So if you want to participate in the discussion, um, tune up in, uh, uh, in Twitch. 
so you can actually you know comment while we are discussing and you can participate to the discussion itself uh, you know asking questions or commenting and uh, maybe uh, adding something that we didn't mention or that we don't really know about the news that we are uh, reading right so so you are more than welcome if you want to do that uh, and of course whatever social you you like just you know uh, click subscribe follow share whatever you <laughs> you have in front of you as a button yeah that, that will really really help uh, the project to you know just to continue happening because uh, we need the feedback to understand if this is uh, interesting for anyone else but us because I think it's interesting for me. It's already enjoying and I, I really like to have this uh, sort of discussion with uh, uh, multiple uh, people from the industry because Fabian is here today and I thank him very much. But we, we are trying to have as many uh, different people as possible uh, in every episode. So we can, you know, a little uh, differentiate the skills, the background, and the knowledge uh, involved in the conversation itself. But I think I think that's enough. I think we can just jump on the, you know, uh, juicy stuff. Um, what do you think, Fabio? Are we ready yes. for it? Yes. Sweet. Always ready. Let's do it. Okay. So. Yeah, my screen should be. Um, yes. Be available, and that's it. So as we said, um, we we already selected a bunch of news. I think we had some um, um, not very big but very interesting uh, news, um, which which are worth definitely a discussion, right? To see what do they really. Um, mean right what are the implications and this is you know the one that is shared uh, on the screen for the people who are watching uh, is the first one just a little introduction um, basically uh, virus total that we will uh, maybe explain what it is in just a second um, just you know publicly apologized for uh, let's say a data leak they call it uh, affecting a number of uh, customer of theirs um, the point is that the data leak itself uh, was was caused by their own employee who uh, uploaded uh, you know a file with sensitive data with customer data on their own platform and because of how the platform works yeah it actually you know um, um, shared the, the same data with every every user of the platform which is interesting. It's not the usual data leak that we are used to see, right? Uh, we used to uh, okay. see, you know, attackers uh, breaching a platform and sharing the data outside of the platform, not the platform platform yeah. itself uploading yeah, exactly. data. And so, trying to get um, something out of it, so selling them or getting benefits out of, of the data they are leaking. And in this case, well, I think that we are always human, so the human factor is always in 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 the middle of of the things because you know always also when when we got some attacks and data leaks came from an attack and behind there is a human error, so somehow it was not protected enough or people putting wrong permissions on files, so definitely the human factor 
plays a, a, a huge role. And in this case, it's, uh, well, it's nice that they did the due diligence telling people, hey, we did the mistake. Uh, they could also, could they could uh, hide behind the fact that there, there was an hacking attack or something, but the, <laughs> the, the, truth, the truth was is, is always the best thing. Um, they are a security company, so uh, they're doing many different things, not only the well-known uh, homepage, like uh, VirusTotal is, is like Google. They have a, a huge homepage with the main activity, but then behind there are so many things they're doing and they could they could also have just hide behind the fact that there was a cyber attack but they they said the truth and uh, an employee made a mistake some data were published uh, but the fact is that the strange thing in my opinion is that only premium customer data were published to other premium customer data Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is this is strange. I mean, it's it's just as a small subset of users, very specific, and it's like yeah. uh, putting them to know each other. I don't each know. Other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they introduce you each other, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like a I don't know a company event or something. Um, yeah, yeah. Actually, you know, um, it's not that strange if. Uh, you're uh, used to use the platform itself, right? So okay. for that reason, I'm, I'm I'm going to just have a, a step back and try to explain for whoever doesn't know about VirusTotal yet, right? So VirusTotal is this, um, I would say, a platform or software as a service, uh, probably, uh, from Google itself, if I'm not wrong. So it's nice. a sub-company from, from Google or something. Uh, and it I think it started just as a way to uh, like upload a file or an executable, right? So mm-hmm. that that file can be scanned by multiple um, anti- antivirus um, platform at the same time, right? So they are basically placing all of those different engines or all of those different um, uh, antivirus softwares, which all of them are scanning the, the same individual file Right, mm-hmm. and you can get the result for all of them. Right, so you have this uh, both a comparison between the antiviruses. So many people are using are using it in that way, so they, they can compare, let's say, uh, who's the best or just w- what platform is the most effective on the last malware, or just to know that you know there there could actually be false positives uh, here and there. Right, so. If you have, uh, um, you know, a result from not just one, not just two, but I don't know, ten or twenty different antiviruses, and you see that all of them or ninety percent of them give you a true positive, so meaning that uh, says to you, okay, this is actually a malware. Uh, beware! <laughs> um, definitely, definitely, you 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 can be, uh, you know, uh, uh, you can trust them more than just one single uh, software, right? Correct. But it, and this is what, you know, it's freely available for anyone. So if you go to VirusTotal right now, you can do that without an account, without having to, to paying anything or, uh, or anything like that. But there's actually like a list, there are so many, a list of uh, um, uh, paid features 
right? So if you uh, create an account and pay the subscribe, uh, um, you know, a subscription uh, to yeah to the platform, uh, you can do many other things. You can do uh, some uh, actual, you know, um, you, you you can get some threat intelligence. They are collecting, right? So if you upload the file, you can see whether the file was shared before by who. Uh, which um, I don't know domains or IP address were um, uh, contacting uh, this uh, this file on the in the past, any other associations, hashes, and so on and so forth. And you can actually do I would say uh, part of an automatic uh, malware analysis. Probably uh, for for people doing that specifically, it's very very uh, very very useful. So so this is the interesting thing, right? As, as Fabio mentioned before, um, I think they could have done two different things here, right? Many com companies who just do some um, damages or just some uh, wrong stuff on the internet always hide behind a cyber attack. So it's not my responsibility. It's because of some, uh, uh, you know, bad people um, targeting me, right? Uh, on the other end, if you are a security company, it's actually, uh, um, you know, I think it affects your reputation as a security company if you just say, okay, I was breached. So probably most of the security firms out there are trying, should try to avoid that. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. Even in the case of uh, a real cyber attack, maybe they, they want to try to avoid to say, okay, we are a security firm, you should pay us to protect you. But we were breached as well. <laughs> that's not really a good thing. So I think that that's what, at least one of the reasons why they they just prefer to say straightforward. Oh, you know, this was our fault. This was our employee um, doing something as a as a mistake. And the reason why. So I started all the discussion just <laughs> to say just this <laughs> phrase. Uh, the reason why it's um, uh, it, it makes sense why. Just few users were uh, able to um, to see the, the the sensitive data is because basically uh, this was part of the paid subscription, right? Uh, it's okay. uh, it's part of that of that feature. So whenever you upload a file as a free guest, like a, mm -hmm. a free user, uh, you get the results from the from the antiviruses, but that's that's it. Yeah. On the other end, if you are like a paying uh, user, uh, you can still see the history of all the files that were uh, that were uploaded in the past. Meaning that okay. if you uploaded a file, you can do a search and find out. Okay, yesterday user X uploaded this file, and this file had all of this, uh, you know, information about it. Right. Okay. Clear. Uh, so I think I think you know uh, from from my experience that that's that's the case uh, 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 right here. Um, so yeah, in this case, I don't know the, if the FBI uploads a file and this is, uh, um, you know, analyzed in the platform tomorrow, uh, the, I don't know, the NCA access the platform, it could get the same information that the FBI shared before. They just don't know that it was the FBI, of course, because they don't want yeah, to share sure. information about the, their customers. Yeah, sure. so, so the... That's it. Okay, that, that should make sense. I was not aware of that uh, of that feature because I'm I never use it with the premium uh, account. But that's mm -hmm. that's clear now. Okay, 
now I'm more clear why why only premium customers were, were able to to see other information. Other. <laughs> yeah, about the premium customers. Yeah, I don't know. I was thinking about it, and would I be? Uh, how would would be my my work affected? I would be a bit nervous about it, but. Depending on the information that were shared in the in the file, uh, I could also say, okay, people, other premium user will know that we were looking for this file. But that's mm, this could be a big issue for some companies doing maybe malware analysis or threat threat intelligence. But for other for most of the users, maybe it's just uh, okay my email was linked <laughs> to my account name <laughs> once again <laughs> yeah 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 it's 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 more you know depending on which email address were used depending on which kind of information were were expo were really exposed then you you are getting more and more nervous but at least nobody is able to use my personal account or my account to do research yeah. and maybe put fake data uh, with my account. So the leakage was um, more on just just personal information and not login information. So this, yeah. this would, would have been yeah. worse, in my opinion. In, in fact, like they, they didn't share any, any credentials, right? Any username and password to access the platform, or at least that, that's what they say. Um, and uh, I actually highlighted here, hopefully it's readable, um, that uh, the, the file that was actually a CSV file uh, contained uh, names of the companies, uh, associated various total group names, email addresses uh, for the administrators, right? So again, nothing that could be, I would say, probably reused for an attack. But I think the, the biggest problem here is that uh, mostly apparently uh, you know in the in the file where contained uh, uh, how do you say it um, uh, secret services right from different governments okay. right so you are actually publishing what tool like what software so many of those uh, government agencies are using yeah. which it's an important information if you're maybe uh, planning a supply chain attack, right? Yeah. You are targeting a specific organization and to reach that organization, you are actually trying to maybe attack another, you know, uh, provider or uh, any, any other company that is um, working Related. together with, right? Yeah. With your target. So I'm, I don't think it's probably... <laughs> that's simple to target Google in this case as you know many other providers but still we also know that no one is 100% secure so yeah. this is this is uh, you know a possibility right mm -hmm. if you want to target let, let's say that again many um, United States agencies were uh, you know leaked from this uh, from this file let's say that you are um, part of a threat group that is against the United States uh, country. And uh, in order to target the, the, the United States government, you could technically 
find out if you know you just pay a subscription to Google and mm -hmm. with uh, some queries, some searches, you could technically find something about them as well, right? So yeah. I think this is the, the biggest problem there. And even if, of course, the United States agencies such as uh, Cyber Command, I'm just reading, right? Cyber Command, mm -hmm. Department of Justice, FBI, NCA, were part of the um, uh, of the data. There are actually agencies from all over other countries, like yeah, Germany, Germany, Netherlands, Netherlands. yeah, yes. uh, United Kingdom, and so on. So, you know, it's a lot of, let's say, sensitive information anyway. Right? Yeah, somehow, uh, somehow, yes. You're, you're discovering information that they're trying to hide somehow. And maybe it's not something that people will use today or tomorrow, but they put it in the desk drawer together with all the, the information they're, they're able to get. And maybe one day they will say, ha, ah, there is a zero day on, I don't know, uh, this Whatever. software. Let me check if NSA was using it. And they try and maybe they, boom, they, they, they make a big, a big hit. Yeah. I don't know. Just, just imagine. Yeah, or, or even more simple, right? If think there were some email, addre email addresses, I think we mentioned <laughs> before, uh, yeah. you know, what about just phishing, right? I yeah. spoof. So I basically just disguise myself with another account without having actually to compromise that account. So I send an email to someone from the government, we uh, like um, disguising myself as someone from the FBI, right? Mm -hmm. And that could eventually lead to uh, um, yeah, an actual true. data leak or compromise or everything. So true. there are some ways you could still use this for malicious purposes. It could be worse, of yeah. course. But you know, the, I think the best thing here is that not only uh, you know. Aristotle, uh, um, you know, declared this, but they also said that um, they removed the file. I think in just one hour yeah, after they, they published it. So hopefully, you know, it was not really, um, you know, shared here and there. Spread. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and one thing that I I, I always think about and. Um, we it's never discussed very much. It's how to react to a data leak. So not the company itself, but who was inside the the the, mm -hmm. the leaked information. So uh, let's suppose, as a company or private user, my information are there. So in this case, in this specific case, it's not just change your password. It's more we we would like to know which information were exposed. What do we do then? Then, do we change email addresses? Do we change? Um, I don't know. I I could also think to uh, change the email address of this person. Just create an alias to continue receive the email, but the primary email address will change so that in a few months we can we can remove the account and I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's something that I was thinking about when, when reading the article because we always, nowadays, we we already told many times, um, we we hear and and read about data leak every day, uh, but we, we think about the the, uh, the consequences or the, the actions to be taken 
not that much in my opinion so yeah it's yeah, it, cool. really it, it, it's easy when when it's just a matter of changing password it's it's easy uh, people will just you will say to people yes just change your password because only your password was leaked your username and password was leaked but in this case many information were were disclosed so so this is uh i think this is a top topic also yeah. because it really changes depending on uh are you like just a, a private user and your data your, your data was exposed or that was um data from a, a company right because taking a decision as a individual is something taking a decision like that for a maybe a corporate so a very big company yeah. when maybe you add multiple users uh, compromised or multiple user data compromised, uh, it's uh, it's uh, definitely more difficult. You know, as an individual, you could probably just change, uh, you know, your credentials, your username, even your provider, maybe also every time your credentials are exposed. Like, it's an issue if you are using that for uh, maybe your work relationship, right? Because you have to maybe say to... Uh, all of the people like you know this is my new account yeah, exactly. uh, but on a company it's uh, it's really tough you know and just thinking what about all of your customers what about all of your you know providers that have the the previous email so it's not something that you can de- decide on the spot or just without thinking very much about it and um, you know at the same time there could be probably other things that you could do as a response, as you know, as a consequence to a data like, like this. I don't know, mm-hmm. thinking about, you know, starting to do, uh, I would say threat intelligence. Like, what if yeah. I collect the data that were shared? What if I research where this file was, uh, uh, like, was spreading, right? And what kind of threat groups could uh, leverage this data? And so I just collect uh, information about the threat groups. And I try and I start, you know, uh, proactively um, enhancing my security measures to defend from those threats specifically. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, again, it's not sim- a simple thing, of course. Uh, it says uh, already that you are pretty, uh, you know, advanced, let's say, pretty mature in uh, how you address security threats. But, you know, it's probably, uh, I don't know, mm, easier as a decision to take like you're not changing anything you're just still raising the bar the bar of your uh internal security um yeah. and uh and yeah as usual it's it's not <laughs> you know security is not simple in general no not at all yeah yeah because too many factors are let's say is is a today should be a commodity somehow so it should be hidden it's not um, something that that you need to care about too much, somehow. But you need to care about a lot. <laughs> so uh, as as uh, so, working in the cybersecurity field, so mainly in the blue team, so in in the defense part, uh, it's difficult because you need to to be there, but nobody should know. So maybe you just ask for the budget for something, but then. Don't worry, everything will be fine. We will be protected. Everything will be secure. But you need to connect to many, many, many aspects to be really sure 
that everything works fine. So, yes. Yeah, I, I would say they, they will know that um, you are there when you ask for a budget. <laughs> yes, <laughs> or when something happens. <laughs> or when some, so if you, if you just, if you have a good management and you just ask for budget and everything goes fine, then cool. They will complain the moment you ask for budget, but then everything works fine. If you ask for budget and then some months later, it, something happens, something big happens, then maybe, maybe they're not that happy anymore. <laughs> they could start complaining. Let, let, let's say that if you want to work in this industry, you know, think a couple of times before, <laughs> before deciding because it's definitely not a role in the company that is, uh, you know, uh, on the spot for 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 good reasons, right? Yeah, yeah <laughs> mostly yeah, yeah. you exactly. are you are accused, unfortunately. But you know, um, it's I think it's our job. Uh, it's yeah. more like a... and we like it somehow. I think that we like yeah. it somehow. Yeah, I think that's the problem actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'll a, tell you it know, my uh... psychologist. I'll tell it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an obsession or something. Yeah. That's not the reason why I'm I'm doing this on a Saturday morning. Absolutely not. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, what else about this news? Um, spoke about BiosTotal. We said about the customers involved. That, by the way, I mentioned the government agencies, but there are stuff like um, you know, a bunch of uh banks or just um. Um, automotive uh, providers, but I think because this is um, uh, mentioning only German companies specifically, so yeah, there was pretty much everything, right? Uh, yeah, because it's a big platform. Exactly, the, and the art the the article refers to the two other articles from German newspapers, mm. uh, so maybe that's why they they talk about. Uh, German big companies. Something interesting for sure will be the fact that I think I I hope I would say that um, also threat intelligence companies are are using VirusTotal, so they will will have some information outside now that that they wouldn't have shared. But yeah, yeah, yeah you know, the, the, I think that's the problem, right? Um, if you're using it, it means that you're you're leveraging this tool, right? So yeah. you have some capabilities you are trying to defend. Maybe you are a, um, a big target for threat groups, right? And any information leaked by a big company like this, of course, it's very interesting for, for threat actors. I think uh, that's the point, what, whatever you are sharing. It's it's quite a reference versus Total, so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a big tool. Again, uh, just personal opinion, but it's very, very, very useful uh, to have a platform like this, uh, no matter what's your role, actually, because it can be useful in, in many different ways, even as a free user, uh, you know, uh, like in my personal life, I, I will prefer to use VirusTotal instead of, uh, you know, um, just relying on any other individual uh, antivirus provider, right? So... Yeah, yeah, correct. I, I, I agree. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, but I think think that's the best uh, best time to just switch to the next thing. Yep. This was Agreed. interesting, but we have something else. 
Um, so, second news of the day, uh, and I thought this was pretty interesting as well. Uh, just it's an episode. It's an episode about big names, I would say. Sorry. If I'm right. Sorry, uh, I, I I don't know if it was my connection, but I I've lost you for some seconds, and I I don't yeah. know what you. Sorry, uh, it's because I'm I'm having some issues with the connection, and I don't know if it was me. Or, yeah, no or... problem, no problem. I I I would say that there was probably the platform we are using because uh, it was the same for me. Okay. Um. So so okay. Anyway, if you it was just uh, like a second or so. Yeah. Hopefully you were still alive and still, yeah, I think it's fine. Anyway, um, so coming back to, to, to our news here, uh, this is also, uh, uh, you know, not, not something that you see every day, right? So we are talking about, um, uh, let's say, a new ransomware, new speci specific ransomware as a service, uh, more of that in a second, uh, that this time is like disguising as a, like I would say as a product from a security firm uh, mm -hmm. called uh, Sophos, right? We were talking about antiviruses uh, before. Sophos is one of those uh, firms. Um, I think it's doing antiviruses, uh, like I don't know very, very good the, the company, but they are definitely doing an endpoint solution. Uh, I'm not sure if they are doing yeah. anything else. Um, yeah. But but yeah, so the, the very interesting thing is that this uh, this ransomware, uh, again, let's just briefly explain it. A ransomware is just a malware who uh, which uh, encrypts files and systems. So uh, you as the owner cannot access uh, them anymore. And uh, in order to uh, regain access to them, what you have to do is actually pay the attackers a ransom. Uh, uh, mm -hmm. So they can share with you the decryption key, and you can um, decrypt uh, your own files. You can uh, cry and decrypt the... your files. <laughs> you can cry <laughs> and decrypt your files. Because you know, let's remember, everyone: if you pay, uh, you know, a ransomware gang, you are paying a criminal. So you are trusting a criminal to give you back your files. So it's totally up to you. I personally will not suggest that, but again. It depends. Um, here we're talking about uh, actually a ransomware as a service. What does it mean? It means that basically someone is developing the malware itself and it's just selling to all their attackers who just buy the malware and uh, you know ship that to the to their targets, basically. Okay, so who is um, deploying the malware on your environment as a target uh, is not the same person or the same you know group or the same organization who is actually developing uh, the malware itself it means also that there's a potential spread that's much bigger right uh, because yeah. you know um, anyone can technically buy it and uh, and use the malware uh, without any you know particular skill or uh, any software development uh, knowledge or anything like that yeah. um, and the news is about the fact that the malware itself, so it, it's doing multiple things. Uh, it's um, 
the malware itself is called something like um, Sophos Encrypt, right? So yep. that's the name of the malware. Uh, when it encrypts file, so it's very uh, common from malwares that the malware changes the name of the file when the file is encrypted and append a, a, file, a new file extension. In this case, the new file extension is .sophos, okay? And the most interesting thing, at least for me, is that the malware also changes the background of uh, um, the, the wallpaper, right? The desk, uh, yeah. of the of the computer uh, with something like this that I'm sharing on my screen. So basically, with the Sophos um, brand or logo uh, in the, in the very center, like you know, they they really I'm not sure for the reason. But they are really trying to say, okay, this is a software from Sophos, right? Yeah. Even the the researchers that found out about this malware first thought it was like uh, something like, um, you know, an adversary simulation tool mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. from Sophos. What I mean is that companies are also building uh, softwares to simulate attacks, right? So you can simulate in your own company and try to defend uh, uh, from from that. Um, so that, that it could technically be a case in general, but Sophos declared that no, we're not behind this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and and so I, I would say I would say that if you are if you are doing testing inside or um, yeah, creating this kind of software, you will not call it with your your own name, <laughs> your company name that. Uh, that big, let's say, um, it's it's. I don't know how to call it. It's um, not an impersonation, but it's 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 something tricky also for users because users nowadays they're they're more and more used to um, paying attention to names, URLs uh, because of phishing. I would say more and more than ten years ago, but we are still far from. Yeah people paying real attention because phishing is still a big thing. Uh, but, you know, they look at the name, they pay attention, but they don't pay too much attention. So if they say Sophos, and maybe they are using Sophos as a personal solution, uh, because there is a, a, a free version of Sophos, maybe, or a, I don't remember, a short amount. I a have short, no idea. Uh, 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 so, People know. You mean like a, a freemium, a freemium uh, software, yeah. like something that you can yeah. use for free and, and then buy later. No, okay, no, I'm, I think it's not. I'm just looking at the website now. Um, but yeah, in any case, Sophos is quite used uh, because if you work in a medium big company, many solutions can be used, and you should have an agent on your PC, and you're used to the name Sophos or, or the logo or stuff like that. So. If you receive an email from Sophos, you say, oh, okay, that's fine. And it, it's maybe the update of the antivirus or something like this, and, and you just download it. Then you pay attention and say, oh, shit, it was Sophos Encrypt, not Sophos. Why didn't I read the Encrypt? Why didn't they put Encrypt Sophos instead of Sophos Encrypt? Hmm, let's, let's think about it. <laughs> so it's marketing also in this case. They, they did a a good job unfortunately also on that um yeah it's um it's a 
good play for the name. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. You know, I'm. A, I think I'm a bit confused because it's not clear for me what was the the goal behind this, right? What what what's the motive? Like, um, like I try to to think. What if I'm uh, targeted by this malware, right? What if this uh, affect my company, and I'm the the, the you know uh, the IT or the the person responsible for for the systems, and I see this, you know, uh, the spreading in my network, and I see Sophos everywhere, and where it depends if Sophos is uh, a provider of mine or yeah. or not. But still, if I fall for it, right, if I really think this is from Sophos. The point is that I'm not gonna pay upfront. I'm gonna call Sophos, right? Yeah. Which I don't know. It could be a way to um, slow down the response. Like I'm not going to block my systems because I don't want the malware to spread and more system to be encrypted. And I just call Sophos to understand what's happening. And maybe mm -hmm. in this case, uh, the attacker has the time to spread more maybe to find in the meantime data to, to exfiltrate and whatever. Uh, and that's maybe the only thing that comes to my head, like why the attacker should do something like this. Because mm -hmm. on the other, uh, on, on you know, if the goal, like any ransomware as a service stuff, is uh, to make the victims pay the ransom, this I, I think this doesn't help paying the ransom, right? Because you are trying to figure out Who's behind it? If you really have to pay, or this is some like simulation or something. If yeah. if I am a, just a an end employee, I'm gonna think, oh, this is another one of those, you know, uh, phishing campaigns where the IT is testing yeah. me, right? Yeah. So this is bothering. Yeah. Like this will slow down the payment as well, or this, that that's my opinion. Yeah, but behind, if if you're not paying, maybe. Uh, because um, I didn't went through the um, uh, the full analysis, but I think that the another possibility is that they could create a um, a way to get back. So they create backdoors. They can who knows. So they they gain access and they keep the access. It can be. Yeah. So if you if you if the antivirus will take three hours to discover, or if the uh, seam um, is not taking Sophos uh, information inside or is is um, escaping, so I, I don't know how to say it, whitelisting everything from Sophos because mm -hmm. Sophos is widely used in the company. So everything oh, okay. from Sophos is, is, is okay for me. Then how can I, so I will spot it from a user and it, it's slowing down and it also giving possibility to spread something else inside the systems. So create persistency or opening back doors, who knows. Uh, but again, it, I'm just supposing because I didn't went through the, the full analysis. Yeah. yeah, right. It's the same for me, but this is, this is actually interesting. I, I wasn't thinking about that. Like, if you call everything Sophos, or if you you know put like a very common and very well known uh, you know antivirus or security uh, term in it, there could be a possibility that you know you actually have um, uh, you know allow list or whitelist in places 
to avoid checking or to avoid you know uh, auditing uh, certain um, processes or executables and everything like that right something like okay i have my you know detection system right uh, to find out about uh, attacks that are ongoing in my network. But every time I get a notification about something legitimate, maybe caused by my antivirus or something, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. at some point I, I can decide to filter that out, Okay, saying, okay, you know, uh, this is actually legit. I don't want to be bothered by this specific notification. So what I will do, what you know, many solutions out there are, are permitting you to do is to create a specific filter saying, okay, anything mentioning softwares or you know uh, any other thing right kaspersky or avast or whatever it is um it's actually legit and uh, i want to um to let it uh, go let's say normal yeah yeah to to suppress the notification itself or the alert itself so that that could be actually a possibility um yeah that that, that's an interesting um that's that's the only thing i i was i was seeing as a call it behind the scenes of of why impersonating mm-hmm. sophos so not not only to to have more reach because you know if you use sophos name uh people is it's it's more, it's more trustworthy easy. right yeah trustworthy and and it will click uh but also the fact that if if i need to think as a security uh de- defender inside the company if I have Sophos, I would not pay too much attention if Sophos is doing something strange because it's Sophos, you know, it's an antivirus. It's it's yeah. uh, may, maybe there are many solutions of Sophos inside. Maybe it's uh, sometimes it creates false positive because it gets uh, CPU usage or stuff like that. And I will not get too much attention on it. I will continue yeah. doing my stuff, but behind this, the process will will do many other things. Yeah, yeah, I think that that's still the the most, uh, you know, uh, um, you know, j- just the the, the um, how can I say this um, probable thing, right? The most probable reason why they're doing something like this just to give the attacker more time to, uh, you know, reach their goal on the network. And yeah. as you said, more time means, you know, anything like uh, letting the malware spread more. Like the more systems I encrypt the more you know the 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 victim will be um willing to pay a ransom or you know time to find the data to exfiltrate because i just remember that many you know ransomware gangs out there are doing both of them encrypting the files exfiltrating the data and saying you know if you don't pay the ransom i'm gonna do you know the exfiltration as well and uh and yeah as you mentioned again uh could give attackers the time to set up persistence with with persistence we actually mean anything like that um uh will enable the attacker to um uh, return to the environment even if uh defenders are trying to kick them off from the network yeah. right so uh you know um a backdoor as you said so anything like another malware that is listening for you to uh, go back into the network or any uh, scheduled uh, process that is uh, re-enabling the malware even after they uh, they are cleaned out and so on and so forth, right? It's actually yeah. one of the very um, 
very you know steps of the uh, attacker kill chain, right? So all of mm-hmm. those individual steps that all attackers do in order to eventually reach their goals. Persistence is one of them, and it's actually a very important one, both for them and for I would say you know uh, security practitioners, because mm-hmm. even if you uh, you know do eradication, so if even if you think that you cleaned all of your system and the attacker is not there and you already spend so much time and efforts in doing so, tomorrow you will see that probably the attacker is still there and they can do even more damage. So that's the probably the worst part, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's, yeah, you know, the problem is most of the time it's actually tricky to find out about persistence. So you want to avoid that before the, the attacker uh, actually set up uh their persistence yeah the problem with ransomware is also is also this because you need time to recover so your primary goal is uh, so for the business is to recover the systems i need my system running up and running again from a security and an instant response perspective i should be checking and preserving as much as possible to check where the, the ransom hit because the ransomware hit because maybe uh, they're just encrypting the files maybe they're creating persistency maybe they are going um i don't know changing user passwords stuff like that and if you don't know or creating other users additional users on the systems and uh you know they can do whatever they want if they're good enough so uh, it's it's always they, they are they're pushing on on that fact that uh, you rush to to put the systems back, um, and and you you pay for it usually. So the, they don't think about. So they leverage the fact that security. Um, uh, sorry, security. Yeah, so the incident response part. Yes, the incident response parts. It's always uh, in the second place. Yeah. behind the fact that we want the system back in production. So, yeah. Yeah, J- just because they, you know, many business out there uh, just waiting for um, the system to be restored, they are losing money, right? Yeah, they are not exactly. delivering their service. They are not serving their customer and so on and so forth. So each minute, each hour, you know, each day that they cannot operate, it's yeah. money that the business is losing. And I'm just thinking, what about, okay, you spend so much time and effort recovering from a ransomware and the very uh, day after you found out that the attacker is there and they deploy um, the malware from scratch. That is something that we've seen in the past, right? Yeah. Uh, The second time, even if you are able to recover again, you know, management is going to decide, okay, I cannot, you know, allowed to lose more money uh, because, you know, uh, I have to lose more time and still I will not be sure to be 100%, you know, uh, back in business. So I will actually prefer to pay the attackers. So I, you know, um, uh, they, they should not me uh, target me anymore, which yeah, again, definitely. it's not, don't take that as granted. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, it's a big topic. I think that probably ransomware is still the, the biggest, you know, threat for businesses uh, out there, uh, for most businesses uh, at least. Yeah, yeah, it's impacting. Let's say it's it's one of the most impacting. Yeah. I think. 
but yeah, talking really about like malwares. A... Sorry, go on, go on. Right. Go on. Okay. No, no. I, <laughs> you know, I was just saying that it's it's a trend, and it's a trend that yeah, yeah. is uh, going on for so long that it's not a trend anymore. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. No, exactly. And let let's see let's see what happens in the future. No, you're right. So um, yeah, you were right. Uh, talking about malwares, we have a very very interesting thing as the next news. But before that, I just want to remember everyone, again, if you like the project, if you are watching us or either on Twitch, YouTube, Spotify, or whatever, please take into consideration to just subscribe, share the project with uh, some of your friends that could be interested as well, so that we know that this is useful, not only for us, but for uh, you as well. And we will continue to do so, basically, right? So uh, the more you subscribe and share, uh, the more you know episodes basically we will do so thank you very much for that and that's it we just move to the next but not last one because you know have a look at the title for for this episode we have one last news that is uh, very important i would say uh, so um, uh, you know bear with us the news we are going to talk about right now um, it's it's another very particular one so basically, um, um, an attacker, uh, the, the news here is, is uh, mentioning black hat hacker. I don't really know, uh, like that term. So I'm just going to say, uh, you know, this attacker right here, like a criminal, like a suburb criminal, uh, actually infected his own computer with probable, probably his own malware, right? And if that's not funny enough, right? That if that's not uh, you know interesting enough, uh, the fact that uh, he infected himself, uh, he or she, uh, actually led to revealing his own identity. Okay, and um, you know that's that's a mess for an attacker because that's the only thing that you want to avoid, so that you know <laughs> law enforcement uh, cannot find you, uh, and uh, you are also supposed, or at least you know the world think about you as an attacker as a very computer genius that can never fall for something like this, right? Oh no, uh, the hackers are uh, too smart, too geniuses, they cannot fall for any kind of attacks. And actually indeed here we have someone following, uh, falling for either his own malware or another malware that he was handling. I don't know what's, what's worse, right? Yeah. Uh, so I like this news because I like to always Remember, everyone, that all of us are humans. You know, either are, you know, legit defender, ethical hacker, or criminal. We are all humans. We all have our own, uh, you know, um, uh, vulnerabilities, right? And, um, mm, you know, we are vulnerable to anything. You know, you can do a misclick on something. You, you think that you are clicking on something and you click on something else. Uh, or or whatever, or you are just handling so many malwares for your work. I'm thinking about like a, a man, malware analyst, right? You are handling malwares every day. Okay, if you're, you know, um, a smart one or just a very good one, you take precautions, but you can always do mistakes, right? Well, you know, no matter how smart you are, no matter how, you know, intelligent you are, uh, everyone can do mistakes. And I think this is a very important case to, you know, 
just take into consideration in, in our job, right? Um, yeah. We always like to, you know, to, to make jokes like the problem is uh, between the, the screen and the chair, right? <laughs> exactly. Uh, I have, you know, uh, uh, stupid users that click on fish links every time. No, they are just humans. And we are not, you know, uh, done for uh, think in that way by design. Okay, so we have to teach people. We have to try to prevent it from uh, uh, from the very from the very beginning. And yeah, apparently uh, criminals are not uh, invulnerable <laughs> as well, right? <laughs> exactly to that as well. They, they are humans again. Um, you it can happen that you are just tired. You just mm, had a discussion with someone and you don't pay the right attention to what you're doing because you are used to it so you are in a automatic uh, automated mode you do stuff mm -hmm. like you usually do and boom you get hit so it happens every day to to everybody i think to do something something that they were used to do but they do in a wrong way and in this case it's just um funny somehow because you know a, a, an attacker being attacked by himself it's it's funny uh but yes it, it reveals that we are we are all humans so it's they are not uh different than than us they they are just hitting the, the right buttons in the right moments and with the right uh focus so yeah um everybody can can be exposed to something like this and and you as you just said we as security professionals we are not better than others in in so we know something better than someone else some maybe uh we can teach people to use it better but if you ask me about i don't know trading i i, I know nothing and if you talk about about it with with someone doing trading you you he can only teach me so it's the same for us it's not that uh, since security needs to be embedded everywhere that everybody should know it or we are different than someone doing other other businesses people every people is is a human and we are humans but also people using the, the, the computers and and softwares are humans they need to to have some uh teaching about how to to protect themselves or how to protect their their technologies so yes Absolutely. we are on the same on the same uh planet or on the same field yeah in that so yes coming back to the article uh yeah. this attacker was um was already so they they discovered who who this attacker was the name is uh la citrix I don't know if the pronunciation is, is correct, but... Yeah, no idea. Uh, yeah. Um, it seems he was active since 2020, and uh, he got access to many different companies. Uh, why La Citrix? Because he started compromising uh, Citrix uh, technologies. Oh, really? At the beginning. Oh, right. I, yeah, I didn't that's, get that. That's what I read. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I read around um i think that this this is the reason why but i'm just supposing so uh, yeah, or maybe be. this is just the name that some threat intelligence uh company 
may labeled this this guy mm. or, or or lady here and i think uh, like the the news mentioned you know using the online moniker uh last citrix so i think this was the handle like the username he was using on some uh forums right yeah. uh, okay um, so i think they decided it themselves okay if i'm not wrong right but still the I think the most interesting thing is that, you know, okay, he infected or he or she infected his own uh, computer. But the, the, the point is that how this led to revealing uh, his identity. The point is that, as the news mentioned, um, the malware was a uh, um, info stealer, they call it, which yeah. I think is interesting because um, I think this is probably like... Um, you know, I see this term used more and more, uh, you know, recently, and I was more used uh, uh, on, um, you know, the term spyware before. Yeah. Right? That is, that should be the kind of the same thing. But today, I see more the spyware term assigned to maybe malware um, affecting mobile devices most of the yeah. time and uh, targeting individuals compared to InfoSphere that most of the time are targeting, you know. Uh, computers and servers and target companies in general, right? But still, the, I think the, <clears throat> uh, um, you know, the definition is the same. It's basically a malware which looks for da data or sensitive data to, uh, to steal and exfiltrate, right, from, from the network. That's, that should be the, the definition. And, you know, the fact that they, they were using this uh, info stealer and they affected their own computer uh, they were also selling, you know, uh, access to to this malware uh, on on forums, and eventually, like uh, I think a threat intelligence company that should be mentioned somewhere, yeah, Hudson Rock, it's, yeah. right? They, I think, they just bought access to it or just you know gained access to the malware, and between the you know different compromised victims, there was the the attacker itself. Right, because yeah. he, he was, you know, compromising uh, various organizations and deploying this malware, so that when they sell the malware and the access to to the data, you know, uh, and basically there, there's everything in there. Uh, but they didn't notice that their own computer was was compromised as well. So the data inside their computer was exposed. Okay, so the researchers from Amazon Rock accessed data. Uh, reviewed that this was actually, you know, uh, a host owned by by the attacker himself. They found information about, you know, uh, uh, credentials that were stolen. Uh, it, its own browser. This is this is actually interesting. Their own browser. You know that when you log in in certain websites, uh, the browser asks you to um, save your credentials so you don't have to. Uh, you know, retype them, uh, them the next time. time he was yeah. doing so, and that means that in their browser there were accesses on multiple different companies that uh, they breached before, right? Yeah. So again, yeah. the, this is something that maybe some security practitioners do not suggest users to do to save the credentials in the browser, but apparently even attackers are doing so, right? Another yeah, evidence then, that then, they yeah, are depends. Depends on what they do with with their own browsers. Maybe they have a dedicated browser for for hacking because it's easier to test. You know, already stored credential. The browser is is prompting me to to 
test this password, I'll test it. Ah, it's not working. I try with another one. Who knows? But I, I'm asking, I was asking myself is this could be that he was just in the beginning testing uh, the info stealer and checking, you know, uh, does this work? So I'm, I'm trying to enter this. Does, does the information that I, I receive uh, are correct or not? Uh, so, and then he just forgot about uh, removing the information before publishing. It would be very, uh, a very noob uh, thing. But, you know, again, we are humans, so maybe he just forgot about removing the lines from, from, from the database. Yeah, I, I don't know what's worse. If they, you know, infected their computer by mistake and they didn't notice it, or they did it on purpose for testing, you know, and, uh, and they, they, they did not think to remove any data. I, I don't really know what's worse in, in any case was not the best you know uh think about uh, having choice. him as a guest think about having him as a guest and just asking him hey can you tell us what did you do in the past how did you do it and why did you forget about your own computer <laughs> uh, got infected by by the info stealer you were trying to sell around <laughs> yeah that, that's actually uh you know it could be an interesting fact and yeah, and just take the, the chance. The, the, this sounds more like uh, something for, uh, you know, uh, Dark Darknet Diaries uh, episode, yeah. which, you know, uh, we had uh, Jack, the creator of Darknet Diaries, in the in the previous episode with, uh, to, together with us. And uh, it was really interesting. So go, go back and, uh, uh, you know, check the sixth episode if you want to see what Jack said uh, during the, uh, you know, during our uh episode uh but yeah so um, i think i'm checking what we are missing here right this is pretty much it um you know it's interesting to me to read that the company itself that found out about this they're saying that this is not um that rare actually that it's pretty common mm -hmm. to see uh, stuff like this to happen i didn't read about it before but Again, it doesn't really surprise me, but still it's interesting, right? Uh, if you do this as your role, like if you are doing threat intelligence, if you are researching cyber criminals, it's interesting to see that, you know, uh, this could be a possibility, right? You could get access to malware, hope, uh, hoping that you can also get access to the um, attackers' environments. Right, their I don't know their command and controls or just their own computers or uh, yeah. or anything because I think that's the ultimate. It's probably the ultimate goal if you are a, a threat intelligence, you know, operator or something because the information you can get from uh, you know a discovery like that, I think there's nothing better than that, right? Mm -hmm. Not only because of course they they mentioned that they are going to uh, you know. Um, uh, share this information with the law enforcement so they can, uh, you know, um, you know, find the guy basically because he's still a criminal. He still has to be, um, you know, uh, to pay for what uh, he's is doing nowadays. Uh, but again, all of the source code you can find on that on that computer, like source code for malwares or decryption keys 
or data of other companies that maybe don't really know they, they have been compromised, right? This is actually a very, very big discovery. And, you know, it's of course useful for the company itself because they're probably going to sell a lot <laughs> after mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But, but you know, it's still important because if you just let the companies know, you know, you have been compromised, this data is being shared outside. If you didn't know about it, uh, that's uh, the stuff. Right. Hopefully they did already. They didn't know already, but it could could definitely be that most you know most companies out there they don't even noticed uh, they were affected by by an incident, which which is the worst part. Uh, that just we said before that the more time the attacker is in your environment, the more damage uh, they can do. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So is there anything else? What do you think, Fabio? No, I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. So get that, um, you know, um, let us go to the very end of the episode with the last news. That it's a particular one. Okay. So probably you read um, the title already and you also read uh, the news already, if you are into, you know, in the industry or just passionate about this industry. Um, so I just want to, to make a little introduction because this is not what I usually, um, you know, select as kind of news for, um, for the podcast, right? I prefer most of the time to talk about facts relating to, you know, cybercrime or something that happened so we can talk about, uh, you know, um, uh, new threat vectors, new um, uh, malware, and new stuff. So we can also um, take take ourselves updated with what happens and uh, help you in uh, in the process. Um, but this is something different, still very important to talk about. So we decided to um, to bring it. So basically, basically we're talking about. Uh, Kevin Mitnick, um, who uh, died this week, or I think last week, something like that, um, uh, in uh, you know, for for pancre- can- pancreatic cancer. Pancreatic. I think yep. that's how you you call it. Uh, and he, he was actually uh, pretty young. If you don't know already, Kevin Mitnick was unfortunately a very, very, very famous, probably. You know, they, they, they actually called him with a, with a very specific term, the most famous hacker or the, the most, uh, you know, uh, um, wanted hacker, right, uh, from, from the 90s. They did, you know, he wrote a list of books. I think there's a movie on, uh, on his story. And uh, really, you know, anyone who, um, you know, works in technology or just is interested in it knows about him. Um, mostly because uh, when he was young in the 90s, uh, you know, he was together with, you know, probably a lot of people, right? Um, yeah. You know, there were no laws mostly about internet and computers. So they were just having fun compromising environments and companies and systems and technologies out, out there. Uh, he was very good at it. Apparently, and um, uh, you know, 
he became very famous on the on the underground, right? On the um, you know hacking communities because of that. Uh, unfortunately, he became also really famous uh, for for law enforcement, right? Because he was compromising so many big companies that he became a, a big target. And uh, in a moment when you know again governments and law enforcements were trying to address the uh, hacking for fun issue because you know <laughs> for most companies out there was still an issue, right? Uh, they had to, I think, to just take someone and make it an example. If if we, you know, if we law enforcement find someone and uh, make him pay for for what he did, may maybe they will stop doing so, right? Because it was not an industry, right? Cybersecurity was not an industry back then. No one was really caring about securing the systems. No one had the knowledge to do so. No one had the budget or anything. This, this is actually a very recent thing, right? The last, I don't know, 10, 15, maybe years or something. Um, and, uh, you know, back then it was a big problem for big companies starting to do internet businesses or just providing products and services uh, online, right? Uh, so he he did he was an example in you know in any uh, from any point of view right and yeah. uh, he was eventually in you know uh, incarcerated by law enforcement like by FBI or something uh, for FBI a few is. years yeah and uh, you know he basically started a revolution you know there were so many many people around the world that were um, basically make, making a riot uh, because of him being uh, incarcerated and uh, compromising other systems out there and defacing websites. So changing, you know, the, the website to, um, to spread the word about, you know, freeing, you know, Kevin Mitting. That's why this is the title of the episode, right? right? Free Kevin, because that was the, the slogan they were using in that moment, right? So maybe people, you know, in the streets, uh, in front of companies and law enforcement and governments, and also online, everywhere on forums and the facing websites, they were, uh, you know, um, uh, saying to to free Kevin. Right? He he yeah. was really uh, a big personality, I would say. For for many people, we started uh, to be interested in this industry, to to work in this industry, and I, you know. I will also admit that, uh, you know, I read some of his books, uh, you know, his, his knowledge about uh, social engineering specifically was re really interesting for me. And, um, you know, I think I'm going to say that publicly. I actually tried to, to invite him on the podcast as well at some point. So, uh, you know, unfortunately, we will not have the, the pleasure to have him uh, for this reason yeah uh yeah, sure yeah I, I would say just adding what you what you already said uh you know in before the dot-com explosion bubble right yeah bubble um there was no big information about internet and and networking technologies so it was not for everybody and 
they were, in my opinion, they were knowing what they were doing, but they were testing. So they were targeting specific companies, technologies, but they were testing. So they, they were doing real hacking. They were trying to, what does it happen if I put this bit instead of this one, or if I add a bit, or if I add random bits? So we, um, he is the, let's say the, the image or the cover to, to all that because we know him uh, very well because he was arrested and he put his face uh, in front of everything. Um, but uh, like him, many others, they were, they were testing how, and he changed. I mean, after the, the arrest, he, he started his own company and he said, okay, I cannot do it for fun. I'll do it for as a job. I, I will get paid to to test what happens if I if I break things or if if things breaks. So I I, I would say that this 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 was a movement uh, that it was it is normal when a new technology comes out, um, and the free Kevin uh, movement was quite important for for our job today. So without without the 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 free Kevin movement, maybe the cybersecurity would have looked different. Would have been different. different. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so, right? So again, uh, he was really a personality. Uh, together with him, few other people from the same you know uh, time period uh, became very famous, right? For kind of the similar reasons, and. Uh, you know, I just I just wanted to, to to take this news exactly to to talk about those kind of topics, right? So, what was the the really um, the the real beginning of cybersecurity as as an industry? Like when there was no job industry, like when it was really hacking. So, I don't use the word hacking very often because I really think, and this is my personal opinion, that that's more what was in those days. Right. So people who just for the, just for fun, just the sake of curiosity, right? They were uh, trying to see what happens if I just do something that is unexpected for this software or for this technology or for this I don't know uh, anything else. And just because they were curious, they were actually gaining access to you know very important data, very important uh, company system. So basically, a very young guy that, you know, which only skill was basically curiosity. You know, at the very core of it, it was only curiosity for a technology that no one was really understanding around the world. Okay. Maybe not even the people who who built it. Right. Because yeah. if you think about internet, if you think about computer systems, they were not designed to be secure. Security was not a concern, was not a thing you know, at all, right? Security became a thing because a bunch of kids from the 90s, and it's not, you know, I'm not saying this as an offense. Actually, it's it's a good thing, right? Because yeah. of a simple and, you know, pure thing like curiosity or kids' curiosity, yeah. they, you know, make the world aware that, you know, this technology is going to change the world, right? Mm -hmm. This technology is core for our lives and because it's so important 
you also have to think about security because we are now doing like we you know they were saying we are now doing it for fun right but they were basically anticipating what it's happening today right today we are cyber, we have cyber criminals right and without nothing uh, knowing about what they were doing in the 90s probably we couldn't be able to defend from those criminals uh, today because you know as as kevin did many people just pivoted you know from mm -hmm. hacking for fun to hacking for profit or maybe hacking for fun and profit as well uh which why not <laughs> that's probably the, the the best thing and they became basically the the, the you know the the most uh, experts in the field the the first and the and the, the most experts yeah. and uh, they created the first companies out there right providing services in this article, actually, I really suggest everyone to have a look at this. There are many articles that are talking about, uh, about it, uh, obviously, but I found this one from the New York Times pretty, uh, you know, um, just comprehensive, talking about so much stuff about Kevin and his life. That's it's worth to, to have a read of it. And it's mentioned here that uh, when he just was freed, Right from uh, from the jail, he immediately started to uh, to be a consultant for the companies he, he himself have breached in the past. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that's saying something. Maybe today is actually more common. Right. You, you see in the news uh, here and there that you know hacker hired by I don't know NCA or any other company. But this was the very first time that you know a company is breached. They lose money, or they just <clears throat> they just you know uh, are very damaged by by the attack itself, and then they don't know or they do not find anyone that is able to help with that problem, and the only <laughs> person that is available to do so is the the, the actual attacker is the actual hacker doing so. So he yeah. eventually did good, right? Uh, so th this is a, a tough topic. Like I. So at the time, maybe it was not really legal, right? So they were definitely not doing anything illegal, technically. Yeah. I am I still don't think it's really good to just, you know, enter someone's system or just enter someone's home because it's open. <laughs> yeah, correct. Um, but again, it's really important that they did. It's, it's really important that Kevin did what he did at the time. He spread yeah. awareness on all of this. Yeah, and he was able to to also turn it in in, in a company, a success company, I would say, um, with writing books, also um, spreading knowledge. He was at many times at conferences, spreading knowledge, uh, raising awareness. So he was not just a, a, a guy behind a, a computer hacking and coding. He was also able to 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 speak in public and to to stand for 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 the good part of it. I mean, um, hacking. In my opinion, so I, I agree with you. Hacking is no more uh, nowadays. Hacking is 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 different. So I don't use hacking as a word uh, often either. Um, but at that time, hacking was was something 
important and the field was very wide and Google was not was not out there so search engines were not there um, if you want to knowledge was not there right knowledge was not there so it's not that like today how open ch chat chat GPT or Google or Yahoo or Bing or I don't know name DuckDuckGo and you look for how can I strengthen my security at home so and and you will find uh, your door um, key opener or your firewall your 3000 solution and you can choose whatever you want uh, at that time the technologies and and the the hardware was one two three different kind of hardwares and most of the time if one of the hardware was having uh, a, a, an issue all the, the the hardware will have it and so I would say it did something not very good at the beginning, but then he, he used his knowledge to build something quite important. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's not the, the a good news, unfortunately. So it's not a, a news that nope. that brings us um, yeah, something happiness, right? good. Happiness, yes. Uh, but it was worth mentioning it because uh, it's it's a big part of the of what we do today. Is the the history is is there and yeah, many people refers to him. And yeah, yeah as, a, as someone to to you know to follow or someone to you know look at as a as an idol or something, right? Um, and I would thank the I fact actually... that he, he wrote books. He, he many many recordings are available because we can continue to to learn from 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 what he he did or wrote. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I actually I, I actually want go, go, go. yeah. Sorry, I just want to to uh, to take the chance to talk about to talk about this. Um, so you mentioned two things. He wrote you know a lot of books actually. I didn't read all of them, but at this point, I think I'll, uh, you know, uh, recover what I what I missed, and um, that he was able to speak, right? I think this is an important thing that, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, that that Kevin in in some way, um, you know, uh, teached, right? In in many in many ways. So, you know, we have two aspects here. Uh, I I know multiple you know people from the industry today that are very you know computer geniuses, right? Mm -hmm. uh, which are very smart. Still, you know, social skills or you know whatever uh, you you want to call them, soft skills or whatever, are not maybe the best of their skills, right? They are very good with computers. That they are not maybe that good with people as well they're not good at speaking right with different goals right depending on what what do you want to achieve um he was actually very good at it right and uh, i think um you know one of the books i read i read is uh, uh how is it called mm, the art of invisibility 
yeah, I'm one of those. <laughs> anyway, uh, the point is that the, the book is, uh, uh, is all focused on uh, social engineering, right? Um, social engineering is something that uh, he was very good at, right? And for me, it's incredible how, you know, he started with that in the 90s. So he was very good at com with computers as well, right? But at the same time, he found out that just calling someone and asking them from for you know the credentials most of the time works if you know what to say, if you know how to say it, right? And the point is that we say that many times in the in the in the podcast and outside that you know phishing is still the, the most used attack vector uh, uh, at all, right? Yeah. So social engineering is something that maybe uh, was born with Kevin and, uh, you know, uh, people like him in the 90s. And it's the only thing that it it's exactly the same as it was in the 90s today and is as effective in the 90s as it today, right? So technologies changes, right? You have to find out uh, new ways to exploit vulnerabilities, new uh, ways to, you know... Um, bypass new security solutions, right? In the 90s, there were known, but today a company can have, I don't know, tens of different security solutions and uh, an attacker today have to, you know, bypass most of them, all of them uh, to, to breach the, the company defenses. But the point is that if you know how to social engineer someone, right? To just convince someone to give you access, right? Uh, that's all you need, right? Mm -hmm. If you can convince yep. the IT administrator to just enable an account and give you VPN access, that's something that happens out there, right? Is still the most eff effective thing. And this is something that very few people uh, are actually able to do, right? Even in the industry, even from the very experts, because it's not something that they are really focusing on. But yep. some criminals are. And, uh, you know, I think that, again, as, as defenders, as security practitioners, we have to know about this as well. We have to know that this is a possibility. And again, it's thank also thanks to, to, to Kevin if uh, uh, we know something about it. So I really suggest to have a, a read of um, his books because in this specifically, he's actually basically explaining uh, step by steps a list of scenarios, you know, both real and hypothetical scenarios where, uh, um, you know, social engineering was used to breach uh, or just to get access to buildings or get access to information in a very, very easy and simple way without having to exploit any computer or any system at all, just exploiting people and, you know, put people vulnerabilities. Yeah. Yeah, so I I think you read the the art of intrusion, uh, book. Right, but I'm that's not, the one. Thank I'm you. Not, okay. So yes, because he, I I was googling it, uh, because I I didn't remember how many the art of he wrote, and I found mm -hmm. three. So yes. Uh, yeah. I think the art of intrusion. Yeah, I think there are more actually, but but still. Well, Wikipedia is saying three, three the art of in, the art of. So the, there is the art oh, of deception, right. yeah. which is the oldest. Then the art of intrusion, 
than the art of, of invisibility. I read the uh, Ghost, in, Ghost in the Wires, and this was mm-hmm. a, a, fun, a fun, good and fun read. Um, so that that's the the one that uh, tells about his uh, his history, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yes, because in the past years, uh, during some, I, I don't read a lot uh, books, but during during the summer summertime, I I take some time under the sun, like this, some hours, and I try to to read something useful. And I like uh, biographies, so I read Snowden's mm-hmm. one, I read um, Mitnick's one, and I read some others. And reading this was was a was a good read, so I I would suggest people to to read it. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. I think I, I still need to read that one, and I'm just googling right now. I actually can confirm that. The one I read was The Art of Deception, so the oldest oh, okay. one. I just didn't know the, the name because I read it in Italian, which has a different name. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, no, that, that's, that's an interesting one and probably also the other. So, uh, you know, uh, you don't need me to say it, but have ever read of those books if you are into books. I'm actually pretty much into books, uh, just not reading as much as I would do. Uh, recently, maybe even because <coughs> a podcast <coughs> that is taking so much time. I don't know what you're talking uh, about. No, no, no idea. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but but yeah, no, it's you know, of course, reading news is uh, I think part of the uh, developing process. But even books, uh, it's it's definitely a great idea if you have time, if you are into reading, and uh, and so on. Um, yeah, just I maybe just missed something before still related yeah. to the so- social engineering thing. Uh, you know, I think he actually had multiple companies, right? Yeah. Uh, and one of those, or I would say the most famous one, just because I, I knew about it even before knowing about Mitnick, was a um, security awareness uh, company. So what does it mean? Um Pretty much all of the industry agrees that the only way to defend from social engineering is making people aware, right? Mm-hmm. That there could be some kind of attack. So they, you know, they should see some signals, some alerts whenever some specific, you know, things happen. So some specific words are used, some specific, you know, tone of voice are used by, uh, you know, um, uh, by other people so you know he started this company back in i don't really know when uh and uh, as he many other companies um you know born uh to do the same thing so basically just i'm i'm not really 100 sure but i think they are pretty much developing uh courses in way to uh spread knowledge about uh social engineers and phishing and cybersecurity attacks for not for security practitioners, but for everyone, like for the employees of the companies themselves, right? Uh, because that's the only way, again, that you can uh, enable your employee to de- defend itself. You can work on the technology side, of course, 
But if you want to raise the bar as much as possible, you have to work uh, both on the technology side and the, the human side. Yeah. And the only the only patch, the only fix to the human you know system that we have is actually knowledge and, and awareness, right? Yeah. Now I don't know if everyone agrees about that, but I'm I'm pretty much uh, you know into this uh, uh, this opinion. Yeah. So I, I I agree. I totally agree with you. Like I'm not sure he started that specific you know. Uh, kind of service maybe not but still you know the fact that he was so good in that kind of uh, you know uh, arts or you know techniques yeah. and uh, at the same time you know I, I don't know many customers they currently have that they are you know uh, enabling they are you know teaching right uh, how to defend it's another thing that you know uh I think made the difference in some way. Yeah. Right. Sure. Even in, even for other companies who let's say copied or just uh, uh, emulated the same kind of services and uh, started uh, their own. Right. Mm. Yes. Definitely. So um. So there are a lot of things that we could actually discuss yeah. about you know metric life. Uh, probably yeah. I think it's just interesting to mention um, something that I didn't know, maybe because I didn't read that that actual book uh, you mentioned yeah. before, uh, that, you know, it's it's mentioned here somewhere in the news. But the point was that he was really famous because he, uh, you know, escaped from law enforcement for a lot of time before being, uh, uh, you know, um, caught. And uh, there are a lot of stories. I I'm not really sure if all of them are true, right? Because they are just some uh, stories told by him or by people who, who knew him, right? Uh, like, I, yeah. I don't think we have actually the clues, but probably some or most of them are true, where he, I don't know, exploited uh, radio technologies to find out what the FBI was investigating about him, or he was into the systems of uh, law enforcement to predict where where they're going to where they where they were going to you know find him right yeah, yeah. so he could ex escape in time uh, or at some point there's also mentioned that he um, you know law enforcement went on his place to find him and they actually found a you know a package of donuts yeah exactly <laughs> which is you know. But you know, it, it was part of again. I think the hacking, uh, you know, uh, personality, yeah, yeah, movement and everything. It, it was all done for fun, right? Yeah. If you are, I don't think that if you are a criminal, you are thinking about something like that. You are very, you know, that that's how a kid's mind uh, works, works, right? Uh, that you want to make. Um, you do something for fun, someone. yeah. You make yeah. things just for fun, and, uh, and yeah, yeah. Um, but the the another very interesting part is that at some point, apparently, uh, law enforcement w was able to, to find him, also thanks to another you know personality, another um, you know person 
uh, that I really need to, to find the name because I'm not going to remember that. Mm -hmm. Just give me a second. Uh, yeah, I I don't remember either, so I'm sorry. I'm, yeah. I'm looking um, at... Oh, here it is. Okay, uh, Mr. Shimomura, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, basically, Tsutomu Shimomura was another hacker from the 90s, right? Another from uh, basically the same community. And apparently um, Kevin Mitnick hacked you know, uh, or breached the systems, uh, the, the uh, Shimomura systems, right? Again, in the same spirit of making fun of each other, right? From, also from the same community. Uh, the point is that he did that during the period where law enforcement was... Uh, uh, behind Kevin, right? And uh, Shimomura didn't take it that well. Uh, so uh, so he actually decided to help the FBI and the law enforcement um, to, to find uh, Kevin. So, you know, at, at that point, law enforcement, which of course didn't have any or very poor, uh, you know, knowledge about computers and internet and all of the knowledge that Kevin had, uh, you know, that was something that Shimomura had. And, uh, you know, I think there's another book from Shimomura where he tells the story from his point of view and everything. I have really no idea. I should read all of them. But uh, it's going to be interesting for me trying to understand, you know, uh, as much as possible the, the real story behind it, right? Because it's, interesting, it, it's interesting to see how at the time, to uh, track a hacker, you needed another hacker. Yeah. And that was actually it, right? That was actually apparently the way they could uh, find and catch uh, Kevin Mitnick, right? Um, still, Shimomura, unfortunately, is not as famous as Kevin. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you will say that still it's... Um, I don't know. Uh, it's cooler if you are the one that law enforcement are searching for, not the one that is helping um, law enforcement, which, I don't know, uh, in my opinion, is a little uh, um, unfortunate, right? Uh, they probably have had you know, comparable uh, skills and knowledges, and uh, still, uh, you can learn something from, from this story. Uh, so, I don't know. It's also interesting to see how uh, you know reputation works, depending mm -hmm. on what you what you did. Like how many other hackers from the '90s are not known at all just because we're not catched by by law enforcement, right? But yeah, <laughs> or or they were very 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 good in hiding themselves. So even to other hackers, yeah. Because for sure they. they yeah, I mean, it's not that Mitrik was not. Uh, good enough. It's no, not no, no, just no, no, no. he was the target of law enforcement. Like yeah. how many others were just not targeted because of you know luck, right? Why why Mitri and not any any other person? And and I think that's that was also something like that uh, started the movement. Like yeah. why are you targeting a single person just because you are angry at a at an entire you know segment or entire of uh, a group of people around the world and you know uh 
that was part of uh, uh, the the story as well. And uh, and yeah, I you know I think I think we're going through the end of the episode. I just wanted to mention this uh, this last thing, and uh, that is apparently on the very day he left, you know, Kevin left prison, right? He uh, you know af- even after all of those years in uh, in a jail, uh, he still said publicly, you know, all uh, I'm, and I'm just uh, you know, uh, let's say. Uh, translating with my own words i was all i was doing only uh you know stuff for fun it was not with the goal of you know providing damages or doing illegal stuff you know my only crime is to uh you know to be curious right which was partly true <laughs> for for the for the period with the you know poor regulations uh and uh, most people uh, taking Kevin defenses, uh, we're saying this, you know, he did not use the data he was accessing for profit. He was not really selling them online or something. It was not doing it for, you know, criminal purposes, right? That's, I, I will say that's uh, surely the case, right? Um, but, you know, of course, again, Today we have regulations because of that, right? Yeah. Today we have regulations and uh, uh, some level of security because someone like Kevin uh, did that in the in the early nineties. So we really, uh, I think we really have to to thank all of that, you know, movement, all of that community, all of that, you know, um, um, yeah, spirit that was driving all of the kids to to just compromise uh, random <laughs> random systems. Thank you to them, but you know, let's not suggest <laughs> today kids to do so as well. You can yeah. do it for profit, okay? You can do it for fun and profit. Just wait today, until yes. you know you you can work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Today, yes. Today you can do it. <laughs> yeah, the, the world changed. Hopefully, you know there are people who are still curious, uh, you know, as much as Kevin or uh, close to that, right? Uh, just you know, I think we should drive for more ethical or just more legal, right? Uh, way to do uh, to do stuff or just to provide our knowledge and our skills uh, to to the world and to the system, right? That that's still my opinion, but you are more than welcome to to say your own, uh, you know, in the comments or just uh, write us uh, directly or. Uh, whatever you you prefer any feedback are much appreciated especially if you you know uh, come back to the one of the next episodes and join live during um, uh, during the twitch streaming otherwise just feel free to uh, have a look at the recordings on youtube and or spotify i thank you very much once again fabio Uh, you currently have the record of you know, number of episodes so i think you know i'm going to take like a <laughs> i don't know a top a top Chuck. 10 or top five and, yeah <laughs> so you're a, you're on the good um you know you're on a good uh way David, thank you very much uh, once again thanks to you think man that's i think that that's gonna be all for for today as well 
hopefully you know uh, uh, every one of you uh, found this interesting and in that case see you on the next episode so bye everyone and bye bye. see you <laughs>